What's up, everybody? My name's Tom Langan, and this is Something Good, the bite-sized podcast about anything and everything good, for goodness sake. First of all, I just want to start out uh, this episode, episode 45, uh, or episode 5 of season 2, by saying happy pride to all my LGBTQ friends out there. Uh, And today, speaking of pride, I want to tell the story of why we celebrate pride in June. And that story begins in 1969 with the Stonewall Riots. So for anybody not familiar, the Stonewall Riots are not named after a wall. They're actually named after a bar. Um, And they took place in New York City, in Greenwich Village, to be exact. So what happened was, basically, in the 1960s, being gay was incredibly difficult. Being gay, being queer, um, uh, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, however, any, any, any of those uh, was incredibly difficult in the 1960s. In fact, it was illegal. Uh, in New York, actually, in New York State, many, uh, basically, gay relationships were criminalized. Um, so you couldn't hold hands in public. You couldn't kiss in public. Uh, you, there were actually laws on the books in the 1960s that prohibited, uh, establishments from serving gay customers. So that kind of led to, uh, the creation of gay bars in New York city, uh, gay and lesbian bars in New York city and in cities all around the country. New York was not, uh, unique in its persecution of LGBTQ people. Um, but basically, uh, you know, it was, it was completely criminalized. Um, and so what happened was, uh, it went underground, like most things that are criminalized, it went underground, uh, and they looked for places, uh, the, 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 uh, gay people in New York, LGBTQ people in New York, um, looked for places where they could be themselves, where they could express themselves openly and socialize without worry and uh, love who they loved and be in relationships with who they wanted to be in relationships with. Um, so, so they created these, basically they created gay bars, and uh, the mafia in New York saw an opportunity to essentially create, uh, to make money off of the persecution of LGBTQ people. So they opened uh, gay bars and typically they opened them as bottle clubs where the patrons were supposed to theoretically, this is kind of what it was on paper, but not what it was in practice on paper. These bars were places where, or these clubs were places where people would uh, bring in their own bottles of liquor. And so they didn't need a liquor license because they weren't selling liquor, but that's not actually what happened. That was all a facade you can bet your bottom dollar that the mafia was selling bootleg liquor to the gay patrons, to the LGBTQ patrons in uh, these bars uh, and who frequented them. So, um, so yeah, so, so essentially that's what the Stonewall Inn was. So the Stonewall Inn was a bar uh, in Greenwich Village that was operated uh, by the Genovese crime family in New York and run as a bottle club. So patrons had to sign in when they went in. There was a logbook to kind of keep up this facade. And then, of course, uh, in typical mafia fashion, 
the uh, the the crime family, the Genovese family, would pay off corrupt police officers to tip them off if there were raids coming, because part of the persecution of LGBTQ people during this period of time were, were involved a lot of police raids on establishments and uh, police shutting down establishments that were violating um, uh, that were violating laws. And this New York State Liquor Authority actually penalized and shut down establishments. Um, that served alcohol or were known or suspected to serve alcohol to people who might be LGBTQ because, and they argued that because they thought that the mere gathering of homosexuals was, quote, disorderly. Um, so there's that. Anyway, um, some of those regulations, you know, were only in effect in the earlier part of the 1960s, but regardless, uh, Throughout the 1960s, uh, even engaging in what was considered to be gay behavior in public, like holding hands, kissing, dancing with someone of the same sex, etc., was illegal. So uh, the police kind of had uh, open authority to harass gay bars and shut them down. And then if those gay bars uh, operated without liquor licenses, then, uh, of course, they were in violation of the law as well, and they could be shut down, too. So. Essentially, in uh, in uh, nineteen sixty eight, uh, uh, the Stonewall Inn was, uh, like I said, was this private bottle bar that the Genovese uh, family ran, and um, you know they were it was popular, but it also meant that you know because it was run by a crime family and was technically an illegal establishment, uh, you know they cut a lot of corners. There was no fire exit. There was no uh, running water behind the bar. Um, the, uh, bathrooms, uh, often didn't work. Uh, the drinks were heavily watered down, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and a port, uh, apparently the mafia even reportedly blackmailed, um, uh, some of the club's wealthier patrons who wanted to keep their sexuality a secret. So regardless of all this, uh, the Stonewall Inn actually was an important Greenwich Village institution or landmark. Uh, it was, it was big. Uh, it had a huge capacity. Um, it was relatively inexpensive to get in. It welcomed uh, drag queens who apparently were were not well received even at other gay bars and clubs. Um, and uh, and yeah, it was an uh, apparently even um, runaways and homeless gay youths would uh, would be able to scrape together enough money to pay the entry fee and. Uh, it was one of, if not the only gay bar left in New York at that time that allowed dancing. So raids apparently were not uncommon at the Stonewall Inn. Um, it was sort of a matter. It was sort of like uh, it was part of doing business, basically. But the 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 raid that led to what later became known as the Stonewall Riots uh, was different because the inn was not tipped off typically again it was run by a mafia family typically a corrupt cop would give them a tip let them know when there was a raid coming so they could hide the liquor bottles etc etc and pretend like nothing was happening and uh and they would get off scot-free they could basically hide all the evidence but on the 28th of june um they were not uh they were not tipped off um so so yeah so basically what happened was um the police showed up with a warrant um they entered the club 
And apparently we were physically very aggressive with the patrons in the club, um, roughed off a bunch of people. They arrested uh, 13 people, including some employees and people violating the state's gender appropriate clothing statute, which is another uh, abhorrent law that was on the books that basically said that you had to wear what the state deemed to be gender appropriate clothing and actually female police officers would take suspected cross-dressing patrons or or in this case uh obviously we're talking about drag queens um into the bathroom and check their sex literally physically check to see what their biological sex was um and so that they could uh they could arrest them for uh violating the gender appropriate clothing statute um basically uh, this was sort of like this was the straw that broke the camel's back as it turned out um you know obviously this community was incredibly fed up with being discriminated against um being targeted by police and so the patrons that had been emptied out of the club and people in the neighborhood hung around outside of the bar rather than dispersing um and they became as time went by increasingly agitated as they saw other patrons, friends, uh, fellow LGBTQ people being aggressively manhandled by the police. According to the story, the the straw that eventually broke the camel's back was when a police officer hit a lesbian woman over the head as he forced her into a police van and she called out to the onlookers to act, um, inciting the crowd to uh, to to take action uh, in her defense and in defense of the other people that were being abused at the hands of the police. And so the crowd obliged. Uh, they began to throw all kinds of things, whatever they could get their hands on bottles, cobblestones, other objects, etc., at the police. And within minutes, a full blown riot involving hundreds of people that had been gathered outside of the Stonewall Inn ensued. Uh, the police uh, a few of their their prisoners, a few of the people that they had arrested, and a writer from the Village Voice uh, ended up barricading themselves in the bar to escape uh, the riot. And um, the mob then attempted to set fire to the bar after uh, uh, after trying to get in um, to uh, to those folks that had had taken refuge inside. Um, eventually, the fire department uh, and riot squad were able to douse the flames and rescue those. Uh, the people inside the police officers, the village voice reporter and uh, some of the people that the police had arrested, they were able to disperse the crowd. Um, but the protests uh, sometimes involving thousands of people continued for five more days uh, after June 28th. Um, and apparently they flared up after the village voice published its account of what happened at the riots. I'm guessing that that means uh, it was not very friendly to the LGBTQ people uh, who who were there and being persecuted. Um, so, so the Stonewall. So that's the story, of kind of what happened with the Stonewall riots, uh, how they happened um, on June twenty eighth, nineteen sixty eight, how they came to to be, uh, and and essentially what they led to, although they weren't the start of the gay rights movement um in the u.s there were uh men's there was a men's gay rights organization dating all the way back to the 20s the first lesbian organization rights organization dates back to the fifth the mid 50s 
Um, so, so gay rights, you know, had been, had been, uh, advocated for by different organizations for, for years, uh, if not decades prior to the Stonewall riots. But the riots led to, um, a lot of political activism on, on behalf of gay rights. They led to the, uh, creation of organizations like the human rights campaign, GLAD, uh, PFLAG, um, which, uh, GLAD used to formerly the gay and lesbian alliance against defamation. I think they've, uh, changed that now. And PFLAG, uh, stood for parents, families, and friends of lesbians and gays. Um, you know, those organizations, um, and then, uh, uh, and sorry, correction, I kept saying, uh, 1968, it was June 20th, 1969, uh, was when the riots happened. And then um, on the anniversary to commemorate uh, the one year anniversary of the Stonewall riots on June 28th of 1970, thousands of people marched from the Stonewall into Central Park in what they called the Christopher Street Liberation Day. Um, and basically that was America's first gay pride parade. Um, and uh, apparently the parade's official chant was say it loud gay is proud um ultimately in 2016 uh president barack obama uh designated the sites of the riots the stonewall Inn, christopher park and the surrounding streets and sidewalks a national monument in recognition of the area's contribution to gay rights and so that's the story of why we celebrate pride in june why june is pride month and it's because it is the month in which the stonewall riots took place the Stonewall riots gave birth to the nation's first gay pride parade, um, which has been, you know, now cities and towns all over the country and all over the world have gay pride parades in June. Uh, and it also gave birth to some very important uh, gay rights organizations like the Human Rights Campaign that have done tremendous work advocating for uh, uh, for the rights of lgbtq people and for me i think it's an important story to know it's an important story to tell and it's an important story to share because i think it's important that we understand just how recent it was that gay lesbian bisexual transgender queer people were literally criminalized their lives, who they are, was literally illegal in this country. And uh, I think it's important that we recognize that. It's important that we know our history. It's important that we understand our history because, you know, as the saying goes, those who do not understand, those who do not study history are doomed to repeat it. I don't know if that's 100% true, but I think it's important that we know our faults so that for two reasons one it gives us perspective on how far we've come as a country and it also gives us perspective on how far we still have to go i think tremendous uh strides have been made in in my lifetime in securing rights for lgbtq people in our country and our society and our world becoming more inclusive in more and more people being able to live their truth and be who they are in open and be proud of who they are as a human being and that i think is a very very good 
thing. So to everyone out there, but especially to my LGBTQ friends, happy pride. And that's all I have for today. Once again, this is Something Good, the Bite Size Podcast about anything and everything good, for goodness sake. If you have ideas for other episodes or stories you'd like us to share on the program, please feel free to reach out to us. You can find us on all social media at Some Good Pod, all one word, at Some Good Pod. And until Friday, till the next episode, I hope you all have a great week and I will talk to you soon. Bye bye.